In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Hello, Craig's listeners. It's Craig's List, and this is Craig Kikowski here. You know, uh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know this is a list of my 100 favorite movies. But one thing, you, you know that I'm a list maker. Uh, a lot of people ask me, what are your favorite things? Uh, and that's an interesting question. So I actually do have a list of my favorite things. It's 14 things long. It was hard to narrow it down to 10. Raindrops uh, on roses. Well, that's number 14. Yeah. Uh, number 13. Whiskers on kittens. Is whiskers on kittens. I love whiskers on kittens. I don't know what it is about kitten whiskers specifically. Once they get to be cats, the whiskers kind of lose some sure. of the cuteness, yeah. but you know, whiskers on kittens specifically. Uh-huh. Number 13. Move it on to number 12, bright copper kettles. <laughs> I fucking love bright copper kettles. Carla, you know this. Our kitchen is full. We're looking at it now of just copper kettles. Right. Yeah. They, so I have many. to I have to shine them frequently to keep them bright, you know, mm-hmm. because they will lose some of their luster. And the copper is, you know, it has it gives the tea a certain flavor. It really does. Uh, moving on to number 11, warm woolen mittens. Not a lot of a chance in Los Angeles to wear them. I don't know. Sometimes when it's 100 degrees out, I'm like, where's the warm woolen mittens yeah, at? Yeah. It's just very comforting. They're still fun. Uh, moving into the top 10, brown paper packages tied up with strings. I mean, that's what I give for you, give to you on Christmas. Yes. We are old school. We do not use any of that fancy wrapping paper. No. We use brown paper. Tie it up with a string. Uh-huh. Uh, the butcher is a good place to go, too. You get a, <laughs> get a chunk of meat uh, tied up with a string. Yeah. Last year, you gave me like a rack of ribs. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. In a brown paper package. Uh, moving on to number nine, cream-colored ponies. <laughs> Does anything All else? All of these words together are so weird. Is <laughs> anything else, else need to be said? I love cream-colored ponies. Uh, number eight, a crisp, a crisp apple strudel. Uh, it needs to be crisp. This is very important. A uh, a soggy one is not going to make the list. No. Uh, uh, what number are we on? Seven? Are we doing the whole thing? Yeah. Uh, doorbells. <laughs> I love doorbells. Uh, easily, you know, just one of my seven favorite what things. What do you like them to sound like? Bing bong. Yeah, me too. Or sometimes you've got those real old school ones that are like bong 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 bong. Or ding dong ding dong ding dong ding. Or is that what you just said? I thought that was what I just okay. said. <laughs> Number six, staying in the bell category, sleigh bells. <sighs> those They're are good. Very Christmassy too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, these things are not Christmas related specifically, but that one I think could, could be considered sure. in that world. Uh, number five, schnitzel with noodles. <laughs> <laughs> schnitzel, schnitzel, of course, is a fried and deep and breaded, uh, veal cutlet. I think for some reason people steam it. Why do you need noodles with that? Well, the noodles, uh, it just goes really well with the veal, with the, the baby cow. For some reason, I thought schnitzel was like a pastry. No, no. You're, Not uh, at all. Wiener schnitzel, Is specifically, it it's, it's, 
it's not a pastry. It's a, it's a breaded uh, veal cutlet. Uh, now you can also have chicken schnitzel. I'm so bored. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to number five: wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody's ever broken this down for me in this way yeah <laughs> it's hard to narrow down your favorite things to only 14 things sure. you know but yeah wild geese that fly with the moon on their wings you have to kind of catch them at night uh-huh. you know so these are geese that are like flying south through the winter and the moon kind of glistens off of their wings sure uh just like light glistens off of uh the bright copper kettles Number four, girls in white dresses with blue satin sashes. <laughs> I got a thing. <laughs> you know, we all have our things. But if you have a girl with a, in a white dress with a blue satin sash, that just does it for me. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, snowflakes that stay on my nose and eyelashes. They can't melt. They cannot melt. So these are very brief things. You know, they don't last for long. But while it's happening, it feels incredible. Right. Um. And uh, I think I think I I miscounted. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go to number one. My number one thing is silver white winters that melt in the springs. I mean, come on. <laughs> silver uh, white winters that melt in the springs. Yeah, you know, like when when the when there's been snow on the ground for like months and yeah, months. You know, sure. this happens in Los Angeles all the time. And then spring, <laughs> that first spring thaw. When the, the silver white starts to melt and then you get like water and ice and slush and dirt yeah. all over the place. It's that's, really fun to walk around in that. That's my favorite thing. Yep. I'm going to throw in also my three least favorite things. <laughs> Dog bites, bee stings, and feeling sad. Of course. Yes. In that order. Hi, guys. It's, <laughs> uh, it's Craigslist. That was a longer opening bit than... Uh, than usual, but I I think it was worth it to go through I feel all. Like you could have done three of your favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I wouldn't really go through my top fourteen. I had to narrow it down to sure. uh, to that or thirteen or however many we just did. Guys, this is episode fifty six on Craigslist. This is number forty five on Craigslist. This is a beloved family classic, uh, based on the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. Starring Julie Andrews and Christopher Plummer as Maria and Captain Von Trapp, Georg Von Trapp. <laughs> and uh, the movie is The Sound of Music. It's... <laughs> what was that sound? <laughs> when she sings. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that singing? Okay, yeah. awesome. Aww. And in order to help us get through this movie today... <laughs> We have a notable Maria from our life. How do you solve a problem like Maria Blasucci? You invite her on your podcast. Uh, say hello to Maria Blasucci. Hi, guys. Hi, Maria. <laughs> Sorry to make you wait so long to talk. No, that was, I, I, God, those favorite things. I swear I've heard them before, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's some overlap. Like, some of them are very popular things. Right. I know. just, I feel like I've heard that list before. Hmm. <laughs> she was very patient. Her microphone was down. Yeah. She wasn't, she wasn't going to pipe in. She knows from Spontanea Nation, when the host <laughs> is riffing, you stay out of the way. Yeah, and I've been known to, to, like, knock things over during, and I, I've, <laughs> 
I've uh, I've done a couple things that make Paul stop in his tracks and look over at me and yell at me in a nice way, in a fun way. Sure, in a fun way. Sure. Yeah. He's one of the f- more fun yellers. Yeah, I know there. when he's yelling at me that it's nothing but love. <laughs> uh, when you were a kid, did people sing that song to you? Yeah, uh, I got a couple of songs. I got How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria. I got um, Maria from West Side Story. Maria too? from West. That was probably more. Yeah, the most beautiful. The, I got that a lot. And then come the nineties, I got a lot of Maria, Maria. Sure. Remind me of a West Side Story. The what Carlos Santana yeah. song. Yeah. Oh. And then uh, I also got the Blondie Maria. Oh, of you course. Got so I've had it's a it's a and Ave Ave Maria. I don't get that one too much. <laughs> You're not hanging out in the right crowd. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, but yeah, I did get a, a lot of a lot of. How do you solve a problem like Maria? That's a that's a fun one to sing, right? How do you catch a cloud and pin it down? <laughs> right? How do you find a word that means Maria? How do you find a word that means Maria? A flibberty gibbet. A will of a whiz. A clown. A will of a wisp. A yeah. will of a wisp. A will of a wisp. Yep. A clown. The, okay. So, Fliberty Gibbet is the nun's attempt to find a word that describes Maria. Okay. Uh, Maria, you and I do the Drunk History television show together. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Carla's been racking her brain to figure out how she knows this person who's in her kitchen. (laughs) Um, And we also had a movie podcast that was a somewhat similar premise to this podcast. I know. People Uh, have been asking uh, about it, too. It was you guys called, gotta do it again. It was called Trading Movies with Maria and Craig, and it ran for about twenty beloved episodes. Yeah, and I had some. I got into it blog wise. Like each episode had a blog page Whoa. with like a synopsis. Like thinking of doing that now, I can't. I can't. The blog is still up. We posted it after the Jaws episode where Paul was unaware that uh, we had this podcast. Uh, Amanda Lunn hosted it, and Maria and I would assign each other movies that the other one had not seen and Uh, i almost always agreed with maria yeah (laughs) yeah we covered some of the movies that we've also covered on this podcast as well because my favorite movies have not changed but i I, we would do things like i would give you warrior and you gave me a goofy movie because they were both (laughs) oh yeah that uh, one never came out fathers and sons oh no no no, that one did come out that one came out my favorite was the let Infant ter- terrible. Uh, I gave you Avoir les enfants. And I gave you My Girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're both movies about kids. Yeah. Kids dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, that was, a lot, that was a lot of fun. My favorite part was in the opening uh, song. Um, we talked and I would be like, each week I give Craig one of my favorite movies and then you go, and I gave Maria one of... No, wait. <laughs> I go, each week Craig gives me one of his favorite movies and you go... And each week, Maria gives me one of her favorite movies that usually involve high school. <laughs> <laughs> they often did. Yeah, uh, they sure did. Ten we, Things I Hate About You, we and did. Henry, you gave me Henry V. <laughs> and I gave you Ten Things I Hate About You. Shakespeare. Shakespeare is the connection. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. I'm not done. I think you gave me uh, Nashville and I gave you Empire Records. <laughs> <laughs> sure, the music industry, of course. It was a lot of yeah. fun. Now, those episodes are no longer on the internet. Uh, well, if we could s- maybe start up, I mean, if people want to Venmo me and I could get the, you know, I, I could pay to have it resubscribed. Okay. Um, How much are we talking? I mean, I'm sure it only costs like 10 bucks, but I'll, <laughs> I'll take an even 100 <laughs> 
Um, so we're paying for the costs and the labor for the labor yeah, as well. And just, yeah. I, I think mean, it's like 15 bucks a month. Yeah. So if someone could, I think someone uploaded them actually to, to, okay. to somewhere. I'll have to look, but when does this come out? This will come out mid November. Okay. Well, I'll figure something out by then. Okay. Yeah. It, th- this is from kind of the, the nascent days of podcasting where people just didn't know about sound quality or <laughs> using professional quality That's mics right. or don't order a pizza and, and eat, eat it. it. During the Le Infant, the Avoile Infant yeah. movie where we're just <laughs> chomping on pizza talking about Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> But now we're all pros. Carla and I have our own movie podcast. Maria and Amanda have their own podcast, which is wonderful, and we'll plug later. But uh, we, we've come very far from those days. Yeah. So we've been wanting to have you on Craigslist for a while. Yeah, there were a couple possibilities, and then this one was like, oh, this is the one. Well, let's hear the other possibility. I'd love to know. Well, I believe your favorite movie is To Kill a Mockingbird. It's way, it's up there, yeah, for sure. It's up there. We did talk about that one. We did do that one. I think that was more just time. We had to get it done. Yeah. And I think uh, there was a day at Drunk History where for some reason the Sound of Music soundtrack was playing in the makeup mm-hmm. trailer and you were singing along and knew every word. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, Sound of Music would be a good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've so, seen it too many times. How many times <laughs> do you think you've seen it? 20. 20 times. And Maybe. this is dating back. How old were you when you first saw it? I was probably like five or six. Okay. And so there was a little bit of a drop off high school years, but then I was seeing it every summer at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, wow. At the sing-along. Oh. Okay. So, they still do that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, because yeah. you grew up in LA. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So I've seen it quite a bit. So you think this is a top five movie for you? I think, I think so, yeah. Because it consistently is just, it's comforting to watch. It's emotionally satisfying, and it's just a good movie, and the music's great. Yeah. So it has everything I want. So you've had like a long personal connection mm-hmm. yeah. to it. Yeah. How about for you, Carla? I don't know that I've seen it 20 times, but I've seen it a lot, probably double digits. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just a movie that was always on when I was a kid, especially on holidays. It must have been on network TV all the time, like on Easter and... I think NBC would always show it. And I read that for many years, they would show a heavily edited version. So they'd edit about a half hour out of it. So there are times like watching the DVD where there's things like, I don't know if I remember this that well. There's no Nazi infiltration. <laughs> there's no Nazis at the end. It's whatsoever. just them going on vacation up the hill. Come on, kids. That looks like a nice hike <laughs> <laughs> up the mountain. Uh, but it was only, I think, in the mid-90s when they started showing the unedited full version. Because okay. it takes about four hours with commercials yeah. to show it on broadcast TV. I remember it being long but worth it. And then <laughs> in high school, we did it. And I was the student director. So I was at all the rehearsals. So I know all the music. Wow. <laughs> Backwards and forwards. I will say, for one of the longest movies on Craigslist, this comes in just shy of three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, watching this movie with Carla, uh, she probably had more fun watching this movie than any other movie on the list. She did sing along with every single song and knew every lyric way better than I did. Yep. Which I had kind of forgotten about because I even said this, it had been like maybe 10 years since I've seen it. Yeah. I think. It's been a long time. And then I was like, oh my God, I love this movie. I forgot how much I love this movie. I'm going to say upwards of 20 times for myself as well. And... 
This may have been the very first movie that I saw in the movie theaters. Wow. When it came out in 1965, I was not born, but uh, (laughs) it came back in the movie theaters. It was re-released in 1973. So I would have been three or four years old. Remember when they used to do that? They don't do that anymore. Bring back old movies. Yeah. I mean, like the, not officially. Like they'll be like film festivals or whatever, but. Yeah. Like a full re release. Yeah. Right. Well, they they'll, do with Disney movies. Like they did The Lion King or they did. Yeah. Uh, Titan- they did Titanic. Did they? Okay. So, sometimes for like a 20th, 25th, yeah, but not 50th just like, Let's anniversary. Have some fun. Let's have some fun and let's just do this. <laughs> you guys love this movie. Yeah. You'll see it again, a couple years right? ago when this was popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I remember like Star Wars being re-released a couple years after it came out, you know, which kind of makes sense because it was gearing people up for Empire, you know. Right. Uh, but Sound of Music re-released in theaters in 1973. And I think this is the very first time I was in a movie theater, like before wow. a Disney movie. And I believe that uh, my sister Allison went as well, who would have been a toddler. And I'm pretty sure we both fell asleep. And I, I remember, I just have a vague memory of my parents taking us out of the theater during the wedding scene. Wow. It was too Which, much. They did not want you to see that. It's <laughs> <laughs> over. The graphic yeah, wedding scene. Yeah, the graphic scene. wedding. <laughs> uh, that's nice. God, what a nice little memory. Uh, but, and we also had a local... Uh, dinner theater, the Lazy Susan Dinner Theater oh, no. in Woodbridge, Virginia. <laughs> Why that name? The, la- Susan. the Lazy Susan. I bet Susan was a real person. <laughs> and I bet she wasn't a dream to be around. She was the stage manager and she just did not get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> but she was kind of a local legend and so the theater was named the after lazy her. Susan. The Lazy what Susan. The Lazy Susan. And I believe they hired like you know, regional theater actors, maybe from New York as well. Like the productions were, I mean, I don't know. I was eight years old. The productions were pretty good quality, but I definitely remember seeing Sound of Music there. I also remember singing Do Re Mi on car trips. Sure. All the time. Like it was one of the first songs that me and my sister learned. Uh, We would request it all the time. Uh, So I just grew up singing these songs. Yeah. Didn't we all? Yeah, we sure did. Yeah, I remember being in the second grade and going to music class and having to learn Do Re Mi. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not only is it a, a catchy tune, it teaches you the notes of the right, scale. Exactly. I never understood that though. Like why is one <laughs> why is that note like why is it Do Re Mi? Like I don't get it. Like why even name the note? <laughs> why I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it either. <laughs> Do, re, mi, fa, so. Is that just, what is that? Right now, somebody is already tweeting uh, <laughs> to, to educate us. I would love a, to As know. to why. I'm sure there is a reason behind it. And the note also is not so, it's soul. Oh. Right? So that was something know. that Rogers and Hammerstein kind of fudged soul. a little bit. So they could make it a needle pulling thread. And then la is just a note to follow. So they so. didn't make up Do, re, mi. That was... Before they came, the Rogers and Hammerstein. Came I forget up? what it's called, but the the idea of that there are the there are names for the notes for well, the tones. Well, why wouldn't it be like C D A? Like what? I'm mean, that's not right. But why not C-D-A, just C D A C D E F G A B C? Like why doesn't why is it that, why isn't that or at least like cats don't eat fried <laughs> greens at breakfast 
you know? Cats. <laughs> like, why is it? I, I just have a lot of questions. Because when you do learn music, you learn like the, that's how you, there's like mnemonic devices to remember like the lines on the scale, right? Every good boy deserves favor. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti. Yeah. I just realized if it's not so and it's soul, is that what you said? Yeah. Because she has a funny thing in the movie where she's like, where she says, so, and then she pauses and she kind of like laughs, a needle pulling thread, <laughs> almost like they're trying to cover it. And then she does the la, a note to follow. <laughs> she, she shrugs to the camera. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> La's not doing double duty. Yeah. It's just a note to follow. So, uh, but uh, Lonely Goat Herd, So Long, Farewell. So good. I Perhaps I had a wicked childhood. <laughs> yeah. That one's good. That's but th- good but one. that's not a song that kids sing growing up. Well, I think it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I have to explain to anyone what the sound no. of music is? No. If so, then just... Go out. And Fuck watch right it. off. Right. <laughs> Go watch it right away. Everybody knows the sound of music, yeah. but it uh, it started as a Broadway musical in the I believe 1957. It was written specifically for Mary Martin to play Varia von Trapp. As were all things at that time. Everything was I written loved, for Mary Martin. I loved her Peter Pan, yeah. her live action Peter Pan. <laughs> she was great in that. <laughs> and uh, it was based on the story of the von Trapp family singers who did indeed uh, escape Nazi Germany uh, and then eventually settled down in America and lived in Vermont and ran, I believe, a ski lodge there. I think I read that. A bed and breakfast type thing, right? Something. I saw it uh, when, when I was singing at the Hollywood Bowl one time. I caught something that I'd never caught before. How many years ago did Captain Von Trapp's wife die? I, it's not clear in the movie. Because I remember hearing something when I went, Gretel's five and his wife died like <laughs> four, three or four years. Like I heard something where it yeah. was like, Something she's not. Oh, maybe they do say it in the movie then. I just I don't know if this is true, but I remember picking that up and being like, "Whoa, that she's not that the, she's not <laughs> of she's not of the of she, she's a half sister." <laughs> okay, so like he hooked up with a maid or something. Well, I don't know. I wonder. Let me. And you're like, yeah, that was your mom too, Gretel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I think. <laughs> I don't. I think she died giving birth to Gretel. She died in childbirth. Is that just because you're making an educated guess right now? (laughs) No, it's not an educated guess at all. It's this complete wild stab in the dark. (laughs) But in reality, uh, Maria von Trapp uh, was not the governess to all the children. She was merely brought in as a tutor for one of the girls. So she was only, and this all happened in the twenties. So years before the Anschluss, which is when Austria was taken over by the, the Nazis in 1939. I know that what was that's what it was called. The Anschluss. Anschluss. I believe it's said in the movie a couple times. Several years ago. I took that as three, maybe. <laughs> Being that's it's real. Okay. But you're saying you thought that that she she might have died before Gretel was born. Yeah, but I I I, I listen. I don't know. I just that's I don't want to spread rumors. I think there was a lot of liberties taken, and there, a lot of liberties it was taken. Not 
when all is said and done, it was not very similar to the real story. Exactly. Yeah. All the children's names were changed because one of the cho- <laughs> one of the children was named Maria. Which is huge. And the- <laughs> what, what's your favorite kid? Oh, this is such a good question because I feel like I have a different answer now than I would have had when I was younger. Um, I'm going to say Gretel. I think she's the breakout star of the Von Trapp kids. She's the youngest and cutest. Uh, I would have said Gretel as a kid because I always wanted. I always went up my stairs like she does in So Long Farewell. Sure. But now, I mean, honestly, through and through, it's Brigida. No, <laughs> I was going to say. I think now my favorite is Brig- Brigida. She's the prankster, kid, right? It was Liesl. no. She's the she's got she's her the head in a book. Oh. Mart Marta's the worst. Hi, I'm Marta. Like that's how she talks. <laughs> I want a pink parasol for my birthday. <laughs> I like pink too. Yeah. I don't know if there's time for all seven kids to really emerge as personalities. Well, Louise is a deadbeat. Louisa <laughs> <laughs> doesn't do much. Louise is the sassy one, though. She's like the troublemaker, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, there's two of the girls who have to go up together during so long for yes. a while, and you're like, we don't get our Louisa own thing. Louise and Brigida. Louise yeah. and Brigida. But Brigida gets her own. Brigida's really good. That's... um. Uh, uh, what's her name? Cartwright, Angela Cartwright, who was also in Lost in Space, I think. Oh, oh. okay. I think. She's the first one who starts crying, right? At the dinner table? Yeah. And she's the one where she comes down in the book. He blows the whistle and yeah. she's got her head in the book. Now, apparently that was another thing invented for the play slash movie uh, of Captain Von Trapp being a disciplinarian. Of course. Oh, in real life. It makes sense story-wise. Didn't. Yes. Uh, his Children swore that he was a sweet guy who loved music. <laughs> but he was. I mean, even blowing that whistle, he was sweet. He didn't want... It was like he was begrudgingly blowing the whistle. Right. <laughs> uh, and then the, uh, and then I heard a, read a quote from one of the daughters saying that she wasn't that crazy about her stepmother, Maria, that she was kind of, she was kind of stern and mean. Wow. She was the baroness. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So... The baroness gets such a bad rap. <laughs> people hiss at the Hollywood Bowl when she really? comes on. People hiss. Oh, I feel so bad for her. I have seen stage productions where that role is played much cattier. I think we'll talk about this a little later. I actually think uh, the uh, Eleanor Parker, who plays the baroness, is a great performance. I, I do really too. Think. And I think and she's a very sympathetic. strangely sympathetic character. I think so. Yeah, I wouldn't want to spend any long period of time with her, but (laughs) (laughs) we wouldn't have much to talk about. Sure, she's a rich, snobby socialite. Mm -hmm. She does what's best, though, at the end. She doesn't fight it, and she just. But she does try to get rid of Maria. She's like. But, okay, so, okay, I do want to talk about this scene. Let's talk about it now. Because watching it it this time, and I hadn't seen it in a while, watching it this time, I actually kind of sided with the Baroness in that scene because she's like, look. He thinks he's in love with you, which he, it's been like, what, two weeks since they've been back? Yeah. Uh, men are like this. And according to her, and like, if you think about it from her perspective, men are like that in her world, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know, go back and live your life or whatever, and he'll get over you. And I was like, yeah, he he could have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like if it I, wasn't for those darn kids who came knocking on her door. Exactly. I mean, I don't want to take away from the love story because I think it's so romantic and I it's one of my favorite love stories, but I think that the Baroness has a good point in this situation and she was practically engaged to this guy for like over a year, right? Is the yeah. idea. So so it is kind of I don't know, she's just kind of like standing up for herself. Yeah, no, I have no qualms with the Baroness. I think <laughs> I think she didn't do anything 
wrong. Her and Max are a little catty with one another. Mm-hmm. Which is funny. Um, I love Max. Max. Well, Max has <laughs> quest- questionable morals. Yes, totally. Question- First of all, how is this naval captain friends with this concert promoter? Yeah. Like... Did they grow up together? Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Through the no Uncle Max. So it was. uh, But I think Uncle. He's not literally an uncle. No, no, no. But he's got. He's like he. He's a. He finds rich people and hangs out with them. Is the idea right? So he's just always been around. He's like the Jonathan of the Kardashians. (laughs) I wish I got that reference. Well, a lot of people (laughs) listening are getting it, and they're laughing their asses off. (laughs) Yeah, I I think. it's interesting, like the older I get, uh, because, you know, when you're a kid of like, oh, there, there's fun songs in there. There's a bunch of kids in there. You know, I'd love to, you know, wear those curtains and uh, mm-hmm. ride a bike around Salzburg of like, that looks a lot of fun. Like, that's what you remember as a kid. When you watch it as, a, as an adult, uh, I mean, it's sure it's a rated G movie. It's kind of sugary sweet, but there's a lot of adult feelings and emotions in it. And it, it's actually kind of, it's I don't think. It gets enough credit for being as sophisticated uh, and mature as it is. And I think yeah. that's what Eleanor Parker and Christopher Plummer and Julie Andrews all bring to it as actors, uh, as, as these uh, adult emotional feelings, which I, I think is, is quite deep. They should make – I mean, having – it's not a kid's movie, but it is – loved by kids i mean more movies should have these adult themes in them because kids don't it's not like they're they're like put off by like this historical part of it it's like i I don't know i think it's cool that it's like a a real movie not like a kid's movie where parents are watching it being like oh it's a kid's movie it's like everyone can enjoy it right every single person can enjoy it history buffs (laughs) and three-year-olds yes i think there's something of it coming just from a, a less cynical time and there's no way it would be done now you know but if it were done now i think it would be a little more stylized and artificial because you'd because it's a musical and that that's the way that people have to take their musicals this day and taylor swift would probably be in it sure that's Uh, a bold casting choice (laughs) but to me it's it's surprising like it's weird again to watch a movie that I've known my entire life since I was a little kid and now have to study it like a movie compared to these other things on my list. But I think it goes beyond just having nostalgia for it. Like I, I legitimately think it's a very well-made it's entertaining. movie. Like it's, it's just supremely entertaining. Yeah. I, <laughs> when I'm watching it, I'm going like, I love what I'm watching. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny too. There are really funny things in it. There are good laughs in it and there's real emotions in it. And, and I think they give really grounded performances. And I think it's saying. confusing because of the musical theater style of it. Like even there was one point where Julie Andrews like puts her hands on her <laughs> hips or whatever. Yeah. And the way that she's standing, it's so musical theater, but underneath all of that, is something that is very grounded even though it's yeah even though it's like people dancing around though i am expecting to you know get some criticism for this choice because i'm sure there's a lot of cynical heartless people (laughs) out there that that just that are just (laughs) not gonna buy into the sound of music 
And I bet Ben Acker loves this actually now that I said that. <laughs> Weigh in, Acker. What do you think? Oh, he'll let us know. Uh, but it did get a lot of bad reviews, particularly from the New York critics at the time really? that the movie came out. Yeah, Pauline Kale, the, the famous. Oh, the, she's terrible though. The, <laughs> the most famous movie critic at the time <laughs> called it the sugar coated lie that people seem to want to eat. And then she said, we have been turned into emotional and aesthetic imbeciles when we hear ourselves humming the sickly goody goody songs. Oh, she was also the one who didn't like Meryl Streep. Uh, She (laughs) said that Meryl Streep wasn't a good actress. (laughs) She had a lot of hot takes before hot takes were a thing. She she hadn't seen Mamma Mia yet either. Clearly. (laughs) She died a long time ago, I think. But even there, she admits that she's singing the songs, you know, so it probably says more about her, you know, some something she didn't like about herself for buying into the uh, the songs in in some way. Christopher Plummer didn't like it either. Christopher Plummer has famously uh, kind of disavowed his participation in this movie. Really? He hated making it, you know. Why? He came from theater and he was used to just doing more cutting edge stuff or, or whatever. Uh, I He's guess so he it. referred to it as the sound of mucus for many years. Oh. Uh, well, but then they did that Oprah special a couple years ago and he seemed to be back on board, right? Has he made his that. peace with it? I think he made his peace with it. And I do think he and Julie Andrews have been friends all these years. Good. Too. But he gives a fantastic performance. Oh. Dream. She is the dream man. When he, I agree. When and when he, <laughs> I'm movie dream man. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when he tears down that Nazi flag, when he comes home and he tears down, rips it in half like it's a piece of paper, and then, and then Mac, and then Max says something, and he goes, Max. Sometimes I don't think I quite know you, <laughs> or something like that. But he does. He and uh, it's so Max, great. Max is like, you just have to go along with yeah. things. You don't want to make a make a fuss. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. And then Maria goes, and, and then oh, then Max goes to Maria like, can't you do something? And she goes, I can't make him be any less than he is. I or something. Love oh it. God, damn. <laughs> oh. It's so good. What do you love about Christopher Plummer in this movie? Uh, his hair is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> No, for real, though, much? The, but it is like that classic. I was thinking about this yesterday when we were watching it. It's like that Beauty and the Beast thing, right? Where he is all gruff and like mm-hmm. terrible at first. And then he warms up. And she's just like charming and smart and like fumbling all over herself. Been there, done that. <laughs> but it's like, you know, Elizabeth and Darcy from Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. This classic mm-hmm. archetype that is just, it's going to win me over every single time because... They shouldn't like each other, but because they're so different, they they do, and then they find all the things that they have in common. When he calls her captain in that first, yes. <laughs> oh, that's and she so smiles. Great. They cut yeah. to her, and she smirks. So great. It's so cute. Yeah, I mean, it's another thing where you just want them to be together, you know, from from the beginning. I love too the the scene obviously in the gazebo when they admit their love for each other but he says he first fell in love with or when she says she first fell in love with him and then he says he first fell in love with her when she sat on the pine cone Uh but it's funny because when you watch that scene he doesn't give any suggestion in the performance like he knows that she's sitting on the pine cone remember he just like plays it off like are you all right is something wrong why are you behaving this way and she's like oh uh rheumatism 
or whatever. And he doesn't like smile or smirk or anything like he knows what's really going on where the kids are tormenting her. And then later on he admits that. And I think that's so cute. Doesn't she say the part when she fell in love with him was when he started blowing that whistle? Yes. <laughs> so part of me goes like she fell in love with him before he fell in love with her. Like embarrassing. Yes. embarrassing. And then also like when you were blowing a whistle at your kids <laughs> is when I went, he's the guy for me. <laughs> No, it's a beautiful love story. I love it when they dance at the party when she's um, dancing with um, not Friedrich but um, Kurt. Kurt, whose name nobody can remember, <laughs> including her in the movie. Ah, uh, God bless Kurt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when they're dancing, and then he steps in, and then they look at each other, and then she runs away. She goes, "I have to go." She puts both of the her hands on her face too. Well, because he goes, uh, someone. Uh, one of the kids goes, you're turning like red or something like that. And she goes, I am. And she touches her. <laughs> it's so funny. So what is it about Julie Andrews' performance in this movie that mm, works? Everything. She's got it. <laughs> well, number one, her name's Maria. So Nice. <laughs> she's just a dream. She's got a beautiful voice. She's so charismatic and charming. And like, it's just, she's perfect for it. Yeah. I do think there is something about that, like, um, kind of fumbling, uh, oh, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Like, it's so cute. Uh, even though, yeah, it's just, she, like, when she comes in after she runs in after singing in the mountains, <laughs> uh-huh. and she's late, and the nuns have just sang Maria, and she comes in and she's, like, running past them, and then she stops and sees them, and she's like, oh, I'm in trouble, and she just sighs and keeps yeah. walking away. It's so funny <laughs> it is very musical theater no, but it's great the fact so the fact good. that she's a triple threat and is a dancer you know means that she's a very physical performer and so i think she really kind of can conveys yeah. what maria is feeling by how she moves yes too yeah. uh and she's very funny very appealing and i i think and this did hurt her career that she did this and Mary Poppins back to back. But they're you know? so such they different. They're so different. They're yeah, and it was different. something that we talked about watching the movie too. You know, yeah. though I mean, in surfacey, yeah, you could say that they're kind of similar. They're ladies taking care of kids, right. but <laughs> God forbid there be more than one movie about a woman taking care of children. But the personalities are com- <laughs> completely different, and we, when you watch those performances back to back, you're like, she's an amazing actress with great range. Yeah. And well, vocally yeah. as well. And Mary Poppins is like a mystical, mythical creature who falls <laughs> from the sky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's also like super egotistical. Yes. Like she's measuring the kids. She measures herself practically perfect in every way. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that. <laughs> yeah, she, she is. She's very high status. And Maria, Maria, even when she's like standing up for herself, never feels high status. She always just feels like she's just trying to communicate she just knows everyone. right from wrong. Like she yeah. has a very clear sense of right and wrong. Yes. When she sees someone going against that, she's like, "No, <laughs> yeah. I'll do what I. I'll do what's right." And the song, the number Maria does kind of set up her character pretty well, you know, yeah. to see that the nuns kind of have mixed feelings for her, but ultimately, you know, they really have a sweet spot for her, though she's really annoying, you know, and doesn't fit in at the Abbey. Been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, I like it. All right. <laughs> well, let's go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we like to call Carla's Quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's Quotes. Now, ro- <laughs> <laughs> There's a little song that goes there. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> pausing for song. We don't really have to pause. Like, because why I can... is this a big deal all of a sudden? Is it great? <laughs> uh, Robert Wise is the director of the movie, by the way, when Oscar winner for Best Director, and this was the Oscar uh, winner what for else Best did he Picture do? I as well. His name. Well, he also co-directed with Jerome Robbins' West Side Story, so okay. that's uh, that's his other. I believe he won Best Director for that as well. He did The Haunting, uh, the 1963 version, which is oh, yeah. one of the scariest movies that uh, Hollywood ever did. Uh, it's very good. Um, what else did he do? The Sand Pebbles, I think, came out the same year. Was he like a big theater year. guy or something? I think he was. Well, he was the editor of Citizen Kane. He started out in editing, so oh. he edited edited Citizen Kane for Orson Welles, and then he transitioned into film directing after that. And I think he worked into the eighties. But West Side Story and Sound of Music are his two big ones. Got it. Uh, that he did, but the uh famously to open west side story there's the helicopter shots of manhattan mm. and so we kind of go uh you know past the statue of liberty into downtown manhattan and we start to go uh into the west side we start uh. to pan in more we got to start to go through the tenement buildings and then we swoop into the uh the jets that are dancing and singing down the down the street so uh he decided to open sound of music in a very similar way of wide panning helicopter shot of the alps and then kind of then swooping into maria doing that famous twirl yeah. on the mountain and it's I don't know. I mean, maybe if you're a cynical person, but I mean, as an opening to a movie, like it's, uh, it, I got my heart was racing (laughs) just from it. It's crazy. It doesn't get more iconic than that shot. It's pretty iconic. It's wonderful. Uh, but as we're panning past the, the Alps, I believe are the titular hills. Uh, Carlos, (laughs) Carlos said, are those the hills? (laughs) And I said, they're going to be alive in a second. Oh no. Uh, but remember also that in the 1960s, movies went big because they're competing with television as a threat to box office for the first time. Kind of like today. Maybe that's why so much CGI is happening in movies because <laughs> television's threatening them. You're the first person to posit that, Maria, but that, that could be true. Really? Am I? No, true? no. Oh. <laughs> No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we're going through a similar thing now. So maybe what we need is more sounds of musics uh, out there. Uh, but, you know, studio movies at the time were big and long and just big in general. You right. know, that's when widescreen came into prominence and Cinemascope and Cinerama and all that stuff. They were doing anything they can to lure people into the theaters. And this is also at a time where Broadway musicals were kind of the biggest cultural phenomenon. Uh, like mm. Sound of Music cast album. The Broadway cast album was the number one album in America. West Side Story was the number one album. My Fair Lady was, you know, so. I can't, but you see those movies and then you go listen to the cast album and you're like, ugh, get that cast album out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, yeah. <laughs> and there's certain, like, if you see a musical on Broadway and then it's like the second reiteration or iteration of the, of the, the show, like I saw Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat when I was a kid with Donny uh, Osmond. With Donny Osmond, in I saw it, it too. And the only cast recording I could find for a long time was some other guy, and I was like, No, no, no! <laughs> like, what's yeah. going? This doesn't sound good. Right? I need Donny. Yeah, Donny yeah. Osmond's voice is wonderful. 
He was fantastic as Joseph. He was I fantastic loved- as Joseph and the guy in Mulan, the voice of the the. That's right. He's got a beautiful voice. Be a man. You must be swift as coursing river <laughs> with all the strength of a great typhoon. <laughs> wow, I don't know that one. You guys. Oh, it's a really. It has a good message. <laughs> I have the Donny Osmond Joseph soundtrack and I love it. It's great. But I think I mean, that's he, true for he all. He still does that show, right? <laughs> uh, he's been doing it for 25 I years at this it. point. Yeah. Close every door to me. Yeah. He really should be playing Jacob at this point. Right? Jacob! <laughs> narrator in our vest. All I, I can, all, as a child, I have these memories and I just see that narrator with a wireless microphone and a colorful vest. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that's true if you're a musical person, whatever the first recording is of whatever show it is, that's what that's your show and that's what you're locked onto and everything else seems weird yeah. to you. Like the version of America on the West Side Story original cast recording is makes my ears bleed. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I'm waiting for things to happen that never happen and stuff. Uh but I also think that moment, the famous Hills are alive twirl thing uh, like, if you're somebody who's not into musicals, that's probably your in or out moment for this movie, too. You right. know? And I think it, I, it was a similar thing of La La Land, of like when the, the very beginning, you know, overpass, traffic stops, people get out of their cars, start singing and dancing. Uh, while I was watching that movie, I'm like, oh, in. I'm in on this. <laughs> you know? And I think, and hearing from a lot of people who were weighing in online about that movie specifically, it sounded like that was a lot of people's out moment, too. Right. You what know? about you? Did you like La La Land? Uh, I thought it was very well done. I have, uh, questions. That um, I'd like to ask uh, Sir Damien Chazelle about. Is that his name? Oh, has he already been knighted? <laughs> Sir Damien Chazelle. Is She's knighted name? him. He's, he's American and he's 30 years old, but he's already a knight. Yeah. No, I had... Uh, Look, I'll say this. It's It's a great... I think it's a great movie with a mediocre 35-minute short film about bickering and jazz in the middle of wow. it. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. There's like 35 minutes of the, they get together as a couple and then they bicker for like a half hour and then he talks about jazz and uh. that's it's really boring and then the, but the ending is fantastic and the first hour is really great, I think. Yeah, it's got uh, uh yeah, mm-hmm. what are your questions? Give what? me one. No, no, no. I one. don't want to because I I appreciate him as a director. I don't want to like uh, you know, bad mouth and I thought the performances were all good. I just have some little qualms within like the like I get it. Throw away what you know. Well, you're watching a musical and it's a it's a, you know, a world of anything can happen. Right. Yes, but then you're putting it in a world where it's like very real in certain areas like and then all of a sudden she does a one woman show and one person's in the audience and it just happens to be a casting director. Right. And then That happens all the time in LA. No, see like things like that, <laughs> things no. like that it's just like come on, like give us a little more credit than that. Like sure. like I get it, we're supposed to have this heightened sense, but come on. Or like when she's like having the sob story like I've been doing this for 6 years. I was like girl step down like (laughs) (laughs) poor you six years poor girl I move home I will grant not a perfect movie by any means and you have to take several grains of salt yes 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 I I took all those grains of salt uh and I think I just love I love musicals it was beautiful and for for something in this day and age to like go for like the the 
golden era of musicals of that look and feel uh it's going to earn a lot of credit with me for people who don't care that they're not going to care you know i will say when when it almost won the academy award i was fine with the movie but then when it won i was like oh no and then <laughs> and then 30 like, seconds later when like it was clear better. that moonlight won i was like yeah I moonlight. it's so great uh that was my favorite moment of anything i'd ever seen <laughs> That's your favorite thing? Number one favorite thing? Yeah, is um, Warren Beatty uh, <laughs> passing it off to Faye Dunaway and Faye Dunaway going, well, it says what it says. <laughs> uh, okay. Real. I'm glad I was alive. But just to moment. be clear, I think it's a very well-made film, La La Land. I just had some problems being so close to the business sure. where it, sure. it was hard for me to step aside from it and be sure. like, because we know I what know. it's like. What was funny, I saw it at the Arclight in Hollywood, and they pull up, they drive up to Griffith Observatory, and the place went wild with laughter. Yes. They're like, you can't you drive can't up that. there. You, you just can't. <laughs> like just parking right in front of the yeah. observatory. <laughs> okay, well, let's get back to Sound of Music <laughs> and Carla's quotes. And here's Carla's quote, a very topical Carla's quote. I wonder if Harvey Weinstein ever hit on Julie Andrews. <laughs> Is it topical? <laughs> wow. Maybe not anymore. November? Yeah. No, people are still going to be talking about Harvey. Yeah. We'll be talking more about Harvey Weinstein next week, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Why? What are you watching? <laughs> we'll get We'll get to that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Already did it. Already did I've it. I've never seen it. <laughs> Maria, you got to get out there. I know. Uh, but Carla did say, are you ready for me to sing every single song in this musical? <laughs> I was not ready, but I but I adjusted. <laughs> uh <laughs> nice to hear just knowing that it wasn't your cup of tea but you adjusted to it when maria hears the abbey bells and realizes she's late for whatever prayer prayer uh carla said oh i forgot my habit i can't pray without my habit <laughs> that's huh? oh i love that part because it's like she's amazing and perfect and singing this beautiful song and then she hears it and she's like oops and she starts running and then she stops and turns around and comes back to get her habit. Mm -hmm. And it shows you like, oh, she's forgetful. That's the overture. Thank you. Yeah. And and Carla <laughs> Carla said that scene shows that she's a rule breaker. Oh, that's what I meant to say this <laughs> when I just said it a second ago. Great shot of the nuns praying. Uh, really beautiful cinematography in this movie, yes. by the way. But so, so beautiful. Uh, great shot of the nuns praying in the chapel. And Carla said, Maggie Smith? No, that's Sister Act, dummy. <laughs> now, Sister Act, one of the movies we covered on Trading that's Movies. Right. What did you give me? I gave you the color purple. <laughs> because Is that the Whoopi Goldberg? I, you said, you whoopie me, I whoopie you. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you whoopied me right back, and I watched Sister Act. <laughs> Which I didn't think was terrible, by the way. It's fun. Yeah, who would do yeah. that? We had a real Kathy Najimy phase. Oh, yeah, Hocus we watched Hocus Pocus. Pocus. Consistent... Yeah, you have to. Mm -hmm. I hated Hocus Pocus. That's all Pocus. I can think about. Well, that's Kathy crazy. Yeah, that's, that's a, thing that's to a say. dumb feeling. I bet if Damien Chazelle directed it. <laughs> Sir Damien, please. Sir Damien. <laughs> uh, I think the Mother Superior is a very good actress as well. She's the best. Her song? My God. Now, Peggy Wood, uh, Oscar nominated for Best Supporting Actor, did not sing Climb Every Mountain. Who did? Uh, some other lady. Well, see, this is I have a real beef with these old musicals. Yeah, a lot of dubbing. A lot of I'm dubbing. Not okay with it. It's weird. 
like don't cast that person if yeah. they can't sing like that what's takes, happening uh, things out of that takes me out of that's that sad. really upsets me i didn't know that either apparently she was a singer and uh she was in her 70s at the time just could not hit those notes but she said she was very happy with the woman who dubbed her because that's what she used to sound like <laughs> is what she said. Uh, sure peggy well, sure you nice. did uh, it's so weird. Another thing is, you know, it's very famous to climb every mountain, uh, how it's staged because it's, it's kind of in silhouette. You know, it's very beautiful. And she's kind of like, we see her back kind of looking out the, the window, you know, but that's because Peggy Wood could not get the synchronization down of the live track that they were playing on set. Oh, wow. And she could never figure out where to start. And they're like, well, we can't show her mouth wow. because she can't get the dubbing right. Wow. And so that's what led to the, the shot, which is so beautiful and kind of covers the themes of the song really well. And so Maria steps into the light. She's in darkness and she steps into the light. Yeah. It's I mean, nice. And Julie Andrews, who's like the most pro, is just like, come on, guys. Yeah. Can, can everybody get to my level, please? <laughs> well, the uh, the something good uh, scene where they're singing together in the gazebo, there's another beautiful shot of them in silhouette. They did that in silhouette because Julie Andrews kept breaking because there was a light that was making a farting sound for some reason whenever <laughs> she bent in to kiss Christopher Plummer and she kept breaking. And so they're like, well, she's laughing in this scene. Let's light it differently so we don't see her face. Weird. And that's how they got the silhouettes. I wonder what her scene. version of that story <laughs> I've heard her tell it, actually. She calls it a raspberry. She said, A raspberry. Yeah, a raspberry. Not a fart. Right. She wouldn't she's say that. She's got too she's much not, dignity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but somewhere during that first scene with the mother superior and Maria, Carla said, adorables. It's so cute. This movie. <laughs> Aww, I did start crying. You did at that yeah. moment. Yeah, it was really, I haven't seen it in so long. We cried <laughs> several times watching this movie. I bet it's <laughs> touching. Uh... Now, Julie Andrews, Oscar nominated for this movie, as she should have been, but did not win, probably because she just won the previous year for Mary Poppins. She won for Mary Poppins. She won That's for Mary nuts. Poppins. Could you imagine someone winning for a Disney movie nowadays? It's crazy. But the other thing is the the Oscar winner for Best Picture that year was My Fair Lady, which, of course, was the musical that Julie Andrews made her reputation on and then was not cast in the, in the, in the theater, but then was not cast in the movie. Right. So Audrey Hepburn not nominated for My Fair Lady and the original Eliza Doolittle did win for playing Mary Poppins. I wow. love Audrey Hepburn. Love Audrey Hepburn. I hear a butt coming. But I have never <laughs> been... <laughs> into my fair lady and i think and i feel the same way about west side story everyone mm. take a breath interesting and i honestly think it has so much to do with the fact that i that they're not singing okay <laughs> but you know who did sing for natalie wood in west side story and audrey hepburn in my fair lady and deborah carr in the king and i is marnie nixon who plays one of the nuns in my oh. in my my sound fair sound of music. <laughs> wow. I had no idea. <laughs> she plays Sister Sophia. My friend Catherine hates My Fair Lady. Like, can't even stand it. Like, the music to her is like, it's the most boring. And I get it. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Like, I, I know the songs and stuff, but it's like, it's a little... Because it was written for Rex Harrison and, and he can't sing. It's all patter songs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's what blows me away is that they let him do the movie. Yeah. And he does not sound good in the movie. <laughs> well, what was... Was Julie Andrews a star before Mary Poppins? No, she was. I mean, she was a a theater Broadway. star, but she had. I believe Mary Poppins was her first movie. So they wanted they wanted a name, and then yes. Disney was like, you know what? We'll give you a chance, kid. You yeah. come be this this witch nurse. 
person. Which nurse? Which nurse? Another fun anecdote I read is she would sing supercalifragilisticexpialidocious on set to the kids to entertain them. Aww. But they thought it was a song she made up because Mary Poppins had not been released oh. yet. <laughs> uh, a few years ago, gosh, a few years ago now, I had a, a kid in my improv class who was julie andrew's grandson oh my god that's right yeah i would have buddied up to him tried to get over and he let everyone know by the way Uh. how would he how would he drop that in casually he would just find ways uh there was we were doing like a walk around like you're in an ice storm what does that look like and he was like and so then i'd go around and have them do one and he'd be like the macy's day parade where my grandma is on a float waving to everyone. wow <laughs> i've got warm woolen mittens <laughs> let me call my grandmother she knows all about she's mary this. poppins he did say that it's uh, so funny but how could you not i mean come sure on. if my grandmother was mary poppins i'd be talking about that's it gotta like totally mess with your mind yeah, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> in a good way <laughs> When Christopher Plummer first enters as Captain Von Trapp, Carla said he's so frigging handsome. <laughs> he is. He is. Only 36 at the time. He I looks he older. Why, yeah, why did men look so much older back then? I think that then? they put gray in his hair. I don't think that that gray... Yeah. Because mm. it looked darker or lighter in some scenes than others. Yeah. But just cigars and bourbon, you know. Everybody... We've talked <laughs> about this for a lot of old movies on this. Of like Everybody looked older back then. Uh when he he has her do like a twirl when she comes in of like turn around please, and Carla said that's sexual harassment. <laughs> uh, and then there's a lot of things about how bad her dress is, like both with Frau Schmidt and with fine. the captain, right? And Carla it's said, "It's not fine, Carla. <laughs> <laughs> I would wear it." <laughs> Carla said, "I like your dress. What you talking about, Willis?" Oh, oh no, God! All of these are the worst quotes <laughs> ever. Oh wow. Well, we haven't recorded, we haven't watched a movie together in a while because you're yeah. visiting from Portland this weekend. I know. Did you, you know? watch this last night? We watched yeah. it last night together, yeah. So you wrote down all of the quotes. Yep. You took no discretion on how terrible they were. Uh, when we introduced the kids, Carla said, Brigitta, what a dumb name. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> I think, a Ber- is it Brigitta? I thought it was Brigitta. Brigitta? I'm not oh. sure though. It could be Brigitta. Brigitta? But I, I always Brigitta. liked it. Like Bridget. Mm. Brigitta. Uh, when they did pull the prank on her with the frog in her pocket, class, yeah. uh, Carla said classic, <laughs> <laughs> the old classic frog in the pocket and I then the pine it. cone on the chair. So cute. When Rolf Liesel, Liesel is the oldest Von Trapp child. She's mm-hmm. 16 going on 17. Uh, her, uh, her beau, uh, Rolf, when he shows up to deliver a message, Carla said, Oop. Nazi! <laughs> they do that at the Hollywood Bowl, too. As oh, soon really? as he shows up, people are like, <laughs> So it's, it's a real Rocky Horror situation. I gotta go then. to this thing. Oh, it's amazing. It's so, <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so much fun. And then when the number of 16 going on 17 started, Carla said, you can fast forward this part. No! And I love the song. I said, why? And Carla said, it gets stuck in my head for years. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I you, really, you wanted yeah. to avoid that earworm. Yeah. You love 16 going on 17? I love it. Why is that? I just, it's the best. I am 16. I love it. It's the <laughs> best. Now, Sh- Charmian Carr, who played Liesel, uh, was 21 at the time. I think she's overdoing the juvenile performance a bit. Yeah. She's not as good as the rest of the actors. No. Sorry, she's a little, Charmian. Wait, didn't she just die? She just died, yes. Oh. Yeah. She is playing it a little like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm going like <laughs> yeah. his father says. Like that kind of thing that's just seems a little out of place. But 
her voice is really nice. It is. <laughs> and she's a great dancer. She's her eyes are amazing. She has beautiful. What eyes. do you think of the we? The we? At the end of the number. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> Take it or leave it. There's a there's a deleted cut where the kids are playing Wii tennis <laughs> together for a, for a while. Uh, prototype for the yeah, Nintendo game. She's just she does seem a little too old to be acting. Uh, apparently, way. while they were doing the number, she tripped. Uh, there's a thing where she jumps on one of the benches or jumps over one of the benches. She tripped and went through a pane of glass. What? But apparently, was not badly injured. But her Jeez. ankle is wrapped. Her for ankle is half wrapped. of the number or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And she had a cru- a big crush on Christopher Plummer throughout the entire filming of this. Yes, I read she that said, too. Yeah, she she says. I wonder if they hooked up. <clears throat> I don't think they did. They said they married. did not. No. I don't know what his. I believe he was married at the time. Yes. Find out. Jeez. Because I, I would guess Amanda Plummer, his daughter, was already born at this point. So. Who is she again? She's Honey Buddy from Pulp Fiction. Oh, right. I haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah. I can't. And from, uh, <laughs> what's the... Let's find a couple more times. Yeah, I don't know Pulp what Fiction. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the Terry Gilliam movie with uh, oh, Robin no. Williams? You know me and Terry Gilliam. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Rolf is uh, talking a little bit about... What's going on? He's like, they're getting ready to. And Carla said, what? Tell us about the politics of the time. (laughs) (laughs) During that line, baby, you're on the brink. Carla said, this is Woody Allen's favorite song. Oh, God. Carla. like, really? You're sick. (laughs) I'm really. You're sick. And then you started riffing on that idea. And you said, you are 17 going on 52. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. God, it was like being in a, a supper club watching this movie. Being in a <laughs> and then there's a scene where uh <laughs> oh my god where frau schmidt the uh, housekeeper is showing uh maria to her room and delivering a bunch of exposition and then says oh well and carla said oh well that's all i have to say about that exposition you were she razzing was, all of these guys she was talking about the dead mom, and then she just yes. stopped, and she was like, "Oh well, oh well, <laughs> these things happen. <laughs> these things yeah. happen." I can't tell you when she died or how it relates to several Gretel's years birth. ago. Or why he's so mean to them? I wrote down in my notes at this point, "How is my favorite things a Christmas song?" And then Carla, two seconds later, quote, "I don't like that this became a Christmas." Song. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but you know why? Because it has sleigh bells in it. And doorbells. No, sleigh bells, but also silver white winters. Yeah. It's got a couple keywords in there that you it's could still just... still a stretch. still a stretch. Oh, of course. But you can see where it's just getting it. Because winter's melting into spring. That's spring. That's not Christmas. Schnitzel with noodles. <laughs> so Christmassy. Which I guess maybe that's Brown paper packages tied, tied up, up with, with strings. strings. You're right. But I did Google the phrase, why is my favorite thing's a Christmas song? Mm-hmm. And th- there's not an answer, but there's a lot of people posting the similar <laughs> thoughts. Uh, it's on the straight dope. It's on Reddit of like people annoyed with that idea. Right. Uh, and I wondered actually if it the first time was on Barbara Streisand's yeah. famous Christmas album, That's which I think I is 1967. But I looked up. There were several Christmas albums before her that already had that. And the first documented instance of it being associated with Christmas, this is before the movie, the Gary Moore, who was a entertainer who, uh, actually, uh, Carol Burnett was on her show, which was how Carol Burnett and Julie Andrews became best friends. Are they still oh, best yeah. friends? They are still best friends oh, to this wow. day, I believe. Yeah. 
Uh, Gary Moore had a Christmas special in 1961 where none other than Julie Andrews sang My Favorite Things oh, years before she was cast weird. as Maria in the movie. So that oh. is the first documented association with it being a Christmassy thing. Also, at the time, it wasn't like there were just a lot of Christmas songs being made, right? So singers are like looking through... Well, songs. I think very the, secular song. I think we're going to take Christmas back and get my favorite <laughs> things out of the repertoire. The fifties and sixties are when most of the pop Christmas songs were written, though, weren't they? Like yeah. here comes Santa Claus, like all yeah. of those, like Burl Ives, the like, Christmas oh, song. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. and then yeah. then the other ones were just kind of like hymns. Baby, it's cold outside. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't mind it being a, a a Christmas song. You know what I would love to see is a Von Trapp family Christmas. <laughs> Like a like maybe even an animated series. Sure. <laughs> Are you pitching? Right now? I I see that. I'm just imagining that tree in that big where the staircase is. <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, by the way, when I did, we did sing "Do Re Me" in the car a lot as as kids, and I thought it was tea, a drink with Jan and Fred. <laughs> wow, that's a real dumb lead. So I I invite Jan and Fred over to have some tea. Tea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Do Re Mi, you said, is not your favorite song. No. But it's really well staged for the movie of yeah. like, I mean, first of all, Salzburg, uh, this movie really made me want to go to Salzburg of like, what a beautiful city. You've got do the a Alps sound of music in the tour. background. They do? Yeah. Have you friend, been there? No, I would love to go. But a friend of mine did the Sound of Music tour. That's fun. Uh, but the, the, those shots of them running around and riding their bikes through town and everything, it's a very well-staged and visually exciting mm-hmm. uh, musical number. That tomato drop always got me. Yes, so <laughs> cute. Then when Rolf first meets uh, Captain Von Trapp and, and does the Heil Hitler, Carla said, oh, don't do that. That's no way to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> when Maria falls out of the boat with all the kids, Carla said, she's the cutest. She's like Bridget Jones. <gasps> So good. Except that was Hugh Grant that fell out of the boat. Oh yeah, in Bridget Jones. Uh, right, you're so right. Chris Plummer did not do his own singing either. <gasps> no, that's not he true. Sorry, didn't. sorry to tell you that. It sounds just like him. It does. It sounds a lot. There like might him. be a moment or two, like uh, when he has a brief line, but I, I think <gasps> his his numbers are were dubbed. Oh, no, I'm so sexist. Sorry. Uh, I don't like it when women do it, but I'm fine with Christopher. (laughs) (laughs) And here's a bit of misinformation I got from my dad early on. Uh, Watching Sound of Music, I believe on TV, uh, when they sing Edelweiss, he was like, that's the Austrian national anthem. Oh, no. And it's and it's not, but uh, I'm not. You know. <laughs> and now but please I'd... stand for your Austrian national anthem, <laughs> Because, as you know, in the major leagues, whenever a team plays an Austrian team, you know you stand for the Star Spangled Banner and for Edelweiss. Oh my god! No, it's a song that Rodgers and Hammerstein made up. Uh, it is the they national the flower, mu- though. It is Edelweiss. The, that is true. It is the national flower of Austria. I know because Gretel hands it to the Baroness. Yep. And she says Edelweiss. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> but apparently, a lot of people have that misapprehension that it's an old folk song, or but it, it it actually was the last song that Oscar Hammerstein wrote because he died in 1960. Right wow, after. Wow, I didn't realize he died so long ago. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Uh, right after they uh, completed the uh, the stage version. Wow. When they tried to get their dad to sing, uh, Carla said, Come on, father, sing for us, you jerk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Please, father. 
please, Father, sing for us. And then when they're uh, when they're waltzing, Carla said, "That looks so fun. Why don't we dance like that anymore?" I for for I for real. <laughs> I for real. Why? It's well, so romantic. It is nice, but that was like a traditional like Austrian dance. Like I don't know how romantic that was. <laughs> sure. Like, like I get that it was a romantic scene, but like the step. Like the step one two type thing is. I love that though. It's nice, but I think you have to be like born. (laughs) It's like a folksy kind of way to dance. That's what I'm saying, though. Why can't it be hip? (laughs) Yeah, no, I believe me. I get it. (laughs) I would love to dance like that. Moving on to so long farewell. Several take the pressure off of booty shaking or whatever. Sure. If you could just waltz instead. There's a lot of pressure on us ladies to booty shake whenever we dance. Tough. <laughs> and you'd rather one, two, three, and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's really weird when they're like the children of Captain Von Trapp wish to say goodnight to you, and uh, Carla was like, "Do we have to? I'm having a really good conversation." <laughs> <laughs> so imagine like being an adult, you're having a cocktail at this party, and it's like we got to go in this fucking room and listen to <laughs> all these kids sing to us. You know, That's scary though because they were performing for like Nazis. Sure, not all of them, but some of them. Right, Nazis. but like that's yeah. scary. Max became a Nazi, I'm sure, right? I don't know if he did. He may have. No, because he got them out of there. I, or, I don't know. I do think he was immediately executed after they escaped. I think escaped. he got in a lot of no, trouble. No, Craig. <laughs> that's not the case. He's fine. He's still promoting. No, Craig. <laughs> to, this, to this day. <laughs> to this day, he's a big yeah, promoter on here. He's 130 years old. <laughs> uh, by the way, the stage version, there's two songs that Max and the Baroness have. Oh, God. Yes, that's <laughs> right. I can't imagine. It's fun. Were they on your college? Go? Yeah. Or on your high school production? It was. It, it was oh, cute. Oh, God. It's like, yeah, it's fun. Anything it's like a, you can do, I can do <laughs> it's better. Like that. They sing, yeah, from Anna Get <laughs> Your Gun, yeah. Uh, like peppy and fun. When Gretel's going up the stairs, Carla said, I kind of looked like her when I was that age. Maybe not as cute. I had a fat little face. <laughs> And then it's so weird when the adults sing back. Good, Good night. <laughs> like when they first get in of like, okay, uh, in a couple hours, the kids are going to say a goodnight song. Uh, this is your note. <laughs> Craig, that is so cynical. It is. It is it so is. cynical. No one had to say a thing. They, they, just, they just did knew. it. They just knew. That was Austria in 1939. <laughs> uh, and then there's some talk. Uh, so there's some Nazi talk. And Carla said, politics, politics, politics. I would never pay attention to this part when I was younger. I didn't. Oh. I never, I never paid attention to all the Nazi stuff. Part two didn't get played as much as part the the the, <laughs> yes. the tape one was in the player. The tape yes. two rarely got out of the so box. True. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It was uh, moving on to something good. Oh, I love uh, it. Carla said that gazebo sees a lot of action. It does. <laughs> Everybody's hooking up in the gazebo. Carla said one of the best kisses of all time, and then that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> what did he do? He like Well, they kiss and it's so great and then like they pull back and he goes in to kiss again and he like kisses her forehead and she throws her head into his chest. <laughs> you know what? I like, never oh, go ahead, Craig. I well then he say? then he pokes her nose and Carla said, Doesn't get sexier than a nose poke. <laughs> oh no. It is But yeah. I on uh, speaking of tape number two, 
when they're together, like, I kind of lose, like, my love for them. Like, the love story, <laughs> like, kind of, like, diminishes. It's all about the chase for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I'm, like, once they're married, I'm, like, oh, what a gross couple. Like, just because they're, like, so on each other's page. Like, it's just, like, there's no fun anymore. It's just, like, I've got him and he's got yeah. me. I just have a problem. I agree. There's no story left after they get together. There's no love story Love story. Left. No, there's l- love has been lost by the time they're married. And I think, you know, there is about 40 more minutes of movie. I think that's some of the stuff that got caught out, cut out for years on TV. Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. There's... Was there a love story? No, I think just so, some of the Nazi stuff. After they the get married, and... there's still another 36 minutes of movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because, you know, they got to sing at the concert. They got to escape the Nazis, you know. There's a lot to do. I just wish they were still chasing each other while they did it. Yeah. During the wedding song, there's some organ music that starts. And Carla said, sounds like the beginning of a Prince song. <laughs> I the- love her wedding dress. It is beautiful. Her long sleeve. She sleeves. looks amazing. Mm-hmm. I think you're thinking of Let's Go Crazy specifically. <laughs> Thank you for cleaning that up. <laughs> um, and then when the during the escape, uh, I forget what it's whether when they're rolling their car out or when they're uh, maybe it's when they're hiding in the abbey or whatever. Carla said, "I just got nervous. Are they going to make it?" Yeah, <laughs> I did. It was when they're hiding. <laughs> every every uh, DVD is different. <laughs> Something new. It's happens. like Clue. Yeah, yeah, there's different endings. Yeah, there's ones where all of them make it. Yeah. There's ones where Gretel and Brigitte get shot. Yep. Um, you yep. know, there's one. <laughs> Uh, there's, there's ones, ones where, where they all join uh, in order to some of them join the Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's different alternate endings that they shot. Yeah, it is really nerve wracking though when they're hiding behind those tombstones. <laughs> First of all, I also got to call out: climb every mountain. That's a lot of mountains. Oh, like come climb on. climb a mountain or two. Craig. And if you haven't found your dream yet, I will ford as many streams as I can. Well, what that I doesn't think seem as much work as climbing a mountain. What she's saying is. You're look climb do everything you can to get to where you want to be. Exactly. Not you you might only have to climb one. Right. Now the Von Trapp case they had to climb several, but maybe you only need to climb one. I know I've climbed a handful <laughs> and uh boy am I tired. <laughs> Never give up. Never give up. All right, you're saying it's a metaphor? Yes. Oh, uh, okay. Because they do literally have to climb every mountain. I know, at, that's at what's so end. great about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a metaphor that came yeah. true. Now, uh, I was kind of ge- geographically curious of like, how close is Salzburg to the Swiss oh, border? Yeah. It is nowhere near the Swiss border. Oh, oh. Salzburg is just over the border from Germany. And as a matter of fact, Hitler's summer house was right over the border from Salzburg. Well, that's, so. uh, that's the second, the, 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 sequel, the sequel, it was them spending the summer at Hitler's house. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a summer fun, and they didn't know it was and, Hitler. <laughs> and he didn't know it was the Von Trapps. You know? <laughs> he just loved how they. He loved the entertainment for that summer. But in reality, what the Von Trapps did is they walked to the train station and took a train to Italy. That's oh. how that. That's how they got out. It's not as dramatic. Yeah, uh, and that's then, why you never want to read the real story. No, <laughs> that's why I never read books before I see the movie. <laughs> or or books, period. <laughs> Seriously, I'll, I just wait for the movie. Uh, and then when the, there's the scene where the nuns have sabotaged the Nazis' mm-hmm. cars, and they're like Reverend Mother, I've said, and Carla said, I forgot about this. It's so <laughs> great! It's the best. It ends on a joke, you know, yes. which is kind of fun. It's, it's the so best. Good. It shows that nuns are crazy <laughs> are too. Hilarious. They're fun. 
So do you guys feel, uh, per Pauline Kale, that we were turned into emotional and aesthetic imbeciles when we hummed the sickly goody-goody songs? A little bit, based on my quotes. But... <laughs> <laughs> the, Carla's the Pauline Kale of the household. Uh, I loved it. I, and I will, when when the wedding happened, I think I said, like, ugh, I don't care about the rest of this movie at all. Seriously. What's the point? But then watching it, I did get nervous. Well, once you get past, like, right after the wedding and, like, they come back from their honeymoon, I'm like, get a room. Like, no one cares. But then the Nazi stuff kind of comes in and that whole story, which is entertaining. Yes. But uh, God forbid I have to watch someone after they're married. Like, I don't want... <laughs> like, I don't want to watch... You like to get to happily ever after and that's it. That's it. Well, that's like, Pride and Prejudice, yeah. like, a week later. I'm like, no, we're good. Like, <laughs> like I do not want to see the two of you, like, waking up and making breakfast. <laughs> like, that's sickening to me. Pride and Prejudice and breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Prejudice and breakfast. Oh. <laughs> Carla, do you want to give The Sound of Music a letter grade? A plus. What does that stand for? Um... All right, look, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, letter grade? A plus. All right. Uh, a what does it stand for? Uh, a plus B equals, come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and you plug Christopher Plummer and uh, Julie Andrews into that equation. A plus, no, wait. I'm just saying they are A and B in that scenario. A plus B equals... Come on, baby. <laughs> it got better. That okay, second. yeah. That, <laughs> we'll we'll keep that take. <laughs> uh, can I say one quick thing about the nuns? Yes. I think this was because I've had an obsession with nuns my whole life. Sure. <laughs> and I always think that they are they get a bad rap in media. <laughs> I love nuns as like you know whatever disciplinarians and sure that's true but this is. One of the movies where I'm like, yes, these are some of the nuns that I knew. Like, yeah. really kind and, like, open-hearted Good people. Good people. And so, anyways, Strict, I just wanted kind. to say that. Yes, exactly. You yeah. Catholic as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went to Catholic grade school, high school, college. Whoa. Good nuns? Great nuns. I mean, they were tough. They were a good morning, Sister Patricia, we'd have to say <laughs> as we stood up and she walked in the room. But they were great. I mean, it was just... They lived down the street in their convent. My neighbor, Matt, and I used to uh, sneak into the, their backyard at night and look in through the windows. Mm. To watch them watching TV? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Maria, we have a little segment on this podcast called Khaki Theater, where we improvise a scene from the movie or maybe a scene that's not in the movie. You didn't give your letter grade. Well, it's an A. It's an oh. A. Every, everything, everything on the list. Oh, got it. I a. got it. Yes. Because it's your this list. This is my <laughs> list. This is my list. But but it is true sometimes that movies have gone down in my estimation after rewatching them for the podcast. But yours isn't an A plus. I don't know. A plus? I don't know. I, I, I don't really give A pluses. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't give A pluses. This is like the time Did I made him watch like searching with? for Bobby Fisher and he gave it like a B plus and I was like, that's sick. <laughs> like I was like, that's the grossest thing I've ever heard. This is an A movie. That's disgusting. <laughs> Good movie. Solid B+. Plus. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, continue. Uh, but yeah, Sound of Music, uh, absolutely staying on the list, absolutely staying in the top 50. I don't think it'll change much in position. I think it's good right where it is at number 45. Maybe it goes up a little bit. Maybe it goes down a notch or two, but it's it's perfect right where it is. It's perfect. Whoa. Um, 
But you uh, cynics and musical haters, please weigh in. Uh, is this a bad movie? Is it too sugary sweet? Does it whitewash Nazis? Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, so for Khaki Theater, we're going to improvise a scene from the movie or maybe a scene that's not in the movie. Uh, but, you know, there's nothing better than a good love triangle. So uh, would you care to play Maria or the Baroness? Uh, I'll play the Baroness. Okay. Carla, would you sure, like to play Maria? Maria? Okay. Sure. And I'll play Georg mm-hmm. von Trapp. Great. And uh, I think... Uh, <laughs> 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 is there a particular moment to pick up the scene or... Um, maybe there's an awkward, uh, breakfast or something. I mean, like she kind of finds out that he's in love with Maria and is not going to marry her. But then, you know, she's already, she's already packed her bag. She's got her bags packed to stay there for a while, but she's not going to leave right away. Right. Yeah. Maybe they have dinner before she leaves. Okay. So this is a goodbye dinner with the Baroness and, uh, Maria and Georg. Georg, would you pass the, uh, schnitzel? The uh, schnitzel with noodles? Yes, Georg, the schnitzel with noodles. Maria loves schnitzel with noodles. I do. I love schnitzel. Oh, Baroness, um, you and I have so much in common. You know, Maria, cut the crap. I'm sorry, is there crap being served this evening? No, it's only the finest Austrian food. I come all the way out here, all the way to this stupid castle of yours. Oh, well. Well, it's it's more of a villa than a castle. It's been in the family for many years. Hmm. I mean, I don't have the money that you have. Oh, you don't? I'm fine with it, though. Whichever. I mean, I'm just a poor girl from the hills. We know, Maria. God. The hills. Oh, no. Look, we, we, we can all get along. Fine, right? Yes, that's fine. You are taking me to the train station tomorrow, aren't you? Oh, yes. Uh, Actually, I'll be taking you. Yes, Maria's going to take you. I'm going to walk you. We'll skip most of the way. Georg, And please. I'll play my guitar. Make sure you wear your play clothes there. I've made you some out of curtains. <laughs> Shower curtains. I don't want to look like a child. Georg, you must be joking. Picking this rag instead of this beautiful silk robe. I, I see where you're going with, met, with that metaphor. Thank I do have a terrible dress. Yes. Just one, though. Your blue one's really nice. <laughs> Thank you. I like the blue one you have. Look, uh, Elsa, is it... Is that? Uh, I don't yes, know that I. Elsa. I don't yes. know that I know your first name. It to is. be honest, I, I just call think, you yeah, the Baroness. Just, yeah, just call me Baroness. Okay. Look, we had a good thing, yeah, you know. Sure, we had I just, some good times. I wish you wouldn't have led me on for so long. It was a year, Georg. A That's year. That's a very long time. You can get. You get what I'm saying. I've Maria. been here like ten days. So. Has it been that long? This Maria thing really snuck up on me. Look, she sat on a pine cone and... And then he touched my nose and... I don't... I mean, I've given you uh, hours of my time. I've just never wanted to poke your nose like I poke her nose. Well, I wouldn't want you to poke my nose. It's very beautiful. (laughs) You do have a beautiful nose. Thank you, Maria. I appreciate that. Where are the children, by the way? Your nose is one of my favorite things. Oh, thank you. I have 14 now. Noses? (laughs) Things. And see. <laughs> <laughs> Noses. 
Uh, Maria, thank you so much for Yay, being on Maria. Craigslist. We did it, Maria. You're here. I am. This is going to drop mid-November, as we said. Oh, uh, awesome. I have so much stuff coming out in November. Yeah, what's coming out? Nothing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to plug? Tell us about your new podcast, The Big Ones. The Big Ones is a podcast I do with my uh, friend Amanda Lund, uh, who I was in Ghost Girls with. And we talk about some of life's big questions in a fun <laughs> but also intellectual way, but <laughs> emphasis on the fun. So these are like moral and ethical dilemmas. Yeah, yeah. Like we did, um, we had Stephanie Allen on and we talked about, um, would you tell your best, if your best friend was getting married in one hour and you were in the wedding and you walked in um, and saw something on her fiance's phone that made you believe he was having an affair, <laughs> would you tell... An hour before the wedding. This no. isn't a day. This is an hour before the wedding. Would you tell your best friend? No. Right? So, what did she say? Oh, I have to listen. Yeah, you have me. to listen. listen. Um, but yeah, we delve into things like think hard questions to answer. Yeah. Uh, and you can find it on iTunes and Stitcher and anywhere. Just type it in. The big ones with Maria and Amanda. The big ones. And you can email us. Uh, we need more big ones. <laughs> Because we're running out of looking them. for more big ones. Yeah, all we've the got time. big yeah. ones. So yeah, if you guys want to email us at at the big ones podcast at gmail or just the big ones podcast at gmail dot com, we'd love to to hear them because we are needing them. And then you're underscore Blasucci on mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah, M okay. underscore Blasucci, but underscore per Paula Tompkins. Okay, cool. What? <laughs> Mun- he called me Munderscore because my name on Twitter is M underscore Basucci. Oh, funny. People get a oh, kick out Paul. of it. <clears throat> uh, well, Carla, that is episode 56, number 45. We're moving on to number 44 on Craigslist. You thought that kiss between uh, Captain Von Trapp and Maria was one of the best movie kisses. Up well, to a point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> then it got weird. Yeah. Uh, well, how about a movie that has a lot of great kisses in it? In fact, a scene where there's kisses after kisses after kisses. Oh, no. One of the great endings of movie history. This movie won... Titanic. No. <laughs> this movie won the Best Foreign Film Oscar in 1989. It was directed by Giuseppe Tornatore. Life is beautiful. That's a fake name. It has a score by Ennio Morricone. And uh, it was uh, distributed by Miramax, uh, the great oh, uh, company run by Harvey Weinstein. Uh, and uh, Cut that part out. <laughs> Why the great Harvey Weinstein is what I think you meant to say. And oh, uh, the, so mo- much. the movie is called Cinema Paradiso. Oh, I've never mm-hmm. seen this. You've never seen Cinema Paradiso. Have you seen it, Maria? Mm-hmm. That means yes, I think. That's a score. That's the theme? Mm-hmm. That's really good. Can you do that for like an hour so we can put it underneath our dialogue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we're just going to loop that yeah. and play well, that. Well, I'll go in the bathroom. I'll get some good echo. <laughs> okay. Um, no, my parents love that movie. I don't think I've seen it fully all the way through, but my uh, the soundtrack was on a lot growing up. All right. Well, uh, Craig's listeners, please uh, watch Cinema Paradiso ahead of time. And we'll Are you talk. say it like that the whole Cinema. time? Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll accept, we'll accept Cinema Paradiso, but I'm going to say Cinema Paradiso. Oh, gosh. Cinema. The list is an absolute good. The list is life.